you're listening to Fandoms. I'm your host, Brody Otway. Join me as I interview a guest about anything from ancient Greece to One Piece. Whose eye is on it, he'll sing. I'll be king of the pirates. I'm gonna be king. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Zach about One Piece. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, no problem. So for somebody who lives under a rock and has no idea what it is, what exactly is One Piece? It is a thing that will take up more of your time than if you become a Genshin Impact player. <laughs> I unfortunately do both, so I have no life outside of this. <laughs> but uh, One Piece is basically the most uh, magical pirate adventure of a lifetime. I heard a YouTuber describe it that, and ever since then, that's how I describe it. <laughs> Pretty solid description for the series if you're gonna nail it down in a single sentence. Oh yeah, it's... It's the best elevator pitch. So how did you first get into One Piece? Probably the same way as a lot of other people who are still watching it with the wonderful world of the four kids dub. Same here. Uh, it was that thing that was on around the same time as Naruto. And I'm just like, yep, all right. this is I like this. Yeah, for me, it was... I wasn't completely sold on it until I seen the Funimation redub. There was something about One Piece that, like, it intrigued me, but it didn't grab me as, like, things like Naruto and Inuyasha and other things that had kind of I found around that time. Oh, absolutely, for sure. I know one of the biggest things that hooked me was um, I had a One Piece Grand Adventure for the GameCube, and it was this little anime arena fighter that came out during the Four Kids era, and I played the crap out of that game, and I learned, like, every character, every move, and that just, like, absorbed all of my time. And just from that era of One Piece, I am probably the world's largest four kids dub apologist because <laughs> i actually love a lot of the stuff even when you take nostalgia away from it like i love i love sanji sucking on a lollipop when he's supposed to be a chef i love the bad accents i love the weird quippy one-liners that make absolutely no sense <laughs> i agree with you completely about the lollipop like him smoking just bugs me because he's all particular about not using his hands in combat because he doesn't want to mess up uh being a chef but then he smokes which kills his taste buds and it's like yeah no pop makes so much more sense yeah i have this whole little fan theory that like the reason why he's had to like keep developing his flavors and everything is because he's slowly losing his taste which is why his cooking has to keep getting better so he can still taste his foods are there any other one piece fan theories that you like well just kind of connecting to that other one that i kind of have on that so like just for reference my background is actually in food science which is why i think about this so much and why i connect to sanji but I also, like, there's a little connection to that in my head where the reason he needs to go to the all blue is because that's where the most flavorful fish are, and he's trying to remind himself, like, what good seafood actually tastes like. <laughs> oh, I love it. So is Sanji your favorite straw hat? If not, who is it? It goes back and forth a lot. I mean, to to pick a favorite straw hat, or even a least favorite straw hat for that matter, is basically, like, picking a, a favorite or least favorite child. I mean, you know you can do it, but you don't like the fact that you can do it. <laughs> if I had to, like, I go back and forth between Sanji and Brooke a lot. Those are my two favorites. For the longest time, it was Zoro. And depending on the day, I will still say it is Zoro. But what we've gotten from Brooke and Sanji and just how they've developed without 
diving deep into it just has really really won me over i still need that one big like zoro arc to like really solidify like we know his backstory and everything but he hasn't had that one arc that's just his yet we we need that <laughs> zoro early on was probably my favorite and now he's he's kind of middling for me right now like yeah like they they haven't given him anything anything unique yet you're, you're like you you got a point there and i, I I didn't really think about it like that. I I wasn't really sure why he wasn't like, why I wasn't vibing with him like I was early on. Like the early confrontation with uh, Mihawk, I was like hyped on Zoro at that point. And then I was even more hyped on him after the nothing happened moment. And then after that, I've just kind of been stagnant with him. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up Mihawk, and Mihawk to this day is still probably my favorite non-Straw Hat pirate. Just the way he shows up and the way he's just this ever-looming presence in the series. Like, he's the only technically pirate captain that doesn't have a crew. Like, that is the most badass thing that you can do with a character, is in a world where your, your strength is determined by the people around you, you have one of the strongest people have no one yeah yeah i never man i never thought about it like that that's that's a pretty good point like he's i mean i guess now he it's a little bit different he's sort of got a crew i guess but like up until the recent parts in the story yeah he's been totally solo for someone who has no idea what is a devil fruit a devil fruit is essentially these magical fruits that when you eat them, you gain a special magical power. Uh, depending on which one you eat, you can it goes into like different categories of the fruits, but it basically breaks down into turn into a human element of some kind. So like you can be a, a fire person or a person made of wind or of lightning. You can turn into an animal or half animal. Uh, and then the, the third category is just basically other. <laughs> it's anything that doesn't fit in the first two, that's where you go. Yes. And um, with uh, Luffy's, Luffy's is uh, which again? Yep. It's the, it's the other. So it would be um, uh, Paramecia is what it's called. And then the others are Zoan for the animal and Logia for the basically God on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Chopper's like Zoan and then... Uh... I guess Ace would be the uh Yep, because Chopper has Chopper ate the human human fruit. Yes. Yes. I always I always forget that he was animal first. Like that yeah, no. That I don't know why my brain does that. Yeah, he was he basically his backstory is like Rudolph and then becomes a dog. he's like Rudolph mixed with the dentist elf kinda. I never thought about that. Yeah, kinda kinda like that. And then sprinkled with just a lot of heartache and sadness and tears and I my wife is watching One Piece with me right now and she she didn't like it growing up because her brother would always watch it and she found a lot of the characters annoying, including Chopper. And so now that she's getting into it is actually liking characters that she used to find annoying i'm really excited to get to chopper's arc because i just want to see her do the complete 180 just falling on the couch just why did that happen oh i i yeah i can imagine the excitement behind that when i was watching one piece the first time through my my kid's mom seen uh, me watching chopper's backstory and she refused to watch anything beyond that with me because she was just like it's too sad like i'm not 
if the show's that sad more like like every arc i'm not doing it i i totally get it i totally get it but the thing is when it comes to chopper's backstory like you look at like the the saddest and most tragic moments in one piece i i would say like if 10 is like devastating and one is like a filler episode i'd put chopper somewhere around like the six six and a half area like it's still pretty sad but you're not you're not pushing those tragic levels yet which backstory do you think hit you the hardest i mean there, there there's a reason brooke is one of my favorite characters ah <laughs> uh, the laboon story oh i like i don't want to dive too deep into yeah i don't want to dive too deep into it but oh just Mm, I rewatched it about a year or two ago. Just that that few episodes of his introduction, and I'm like, "Yep, still, still hurts." I gotta go. I gotta go. Walk it off now. Yeah, I I can definitely see why it it hit me. It hit me hard. It still hits me hard to this day. It's pretty effective that like anytime I hear that tune for Bink Saki, and that's the first thing that pops into my head is like his entire backstory. Have you have you watched the One Piece live action yet? Um, I watched the first few episodes and I haven't gotten around to finishing it yet. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of it. No, I, I, the reason I ask is, did you catch that, um, Bing Saki is in the soundtrack? I didn't. Where? It's like, it's like episode one. It's the song that's playing when, uh, Luffy's on Shanks' ship. It's the song that all the pirates are singing and is playing. Oh, you know what? I think, I think I might've pointed that out when i was watching it to the person i was watching it with now that you say it but i i don't know i might be just giving myself that credit in retrospective <laughs> it, it completely caught me off guard because I, I went into that with all the with all the mindset of okay keep your standards low keep your standards low and then we get to that scene and bink saki is playing when it shouldn't be this early and i'm like okay the people who are working on this are obviously there's at least one fan of the show. Oh yes, I I will not say that they aren't like putting an effort in and like you can tell they're trying. I'm just I don't know, there's there's something about it that I'm just not gelling with. I think it's the guy who plays Luffy. I'm just not vibing with him. Everyone else I like I really like the guy who played Shanks. Uh I thought the guy who played Mihawk in that intro uh scene there looked pretty dope, but I haven't made it far enough to see anything else with him, I don't think. But I enjoyed I enjoyed it for the most part, but something about the guy who plays Luffy just it wasn't vibing with me. And everybody seems to love him, so I, I don't know. See, my, my whole thing with that is, uh, see, I'm kind of opposite of you as far as, like, I think the actor who played Shanks might have been the weakest part, but I think it just may be that he didn't have enough time to grow in this series because that's what you have to do, you know, it, especially with characters so larger than life. I think the problem when it comes to the actor who plays Luffy, and I always forget his name, he is literally the perfect Luffy for all intents and purposes, but the problem is he's trying to play a version of Luffy that isn't what we expect because he can only stretch when the CG budget allows it. And he has to tell his own story because they've, you know, because of that. He can't be as reckless as Luffy because he doesn't have the full abilities. And so it's just because he's playing a slightly different Luffy that it doesn't feel that way. I feel he was always destined to never fully reach the bar because he's the only character 
who had such a high bar to reach. You know, it's kind of like if they're if they did another Dragon Ball Z movie, the bar you have to reach is Goku. Like everyone else could probably reach all the side characters just fine, but you're living up to the legacy of Goku. Or if there's a live action Naruto, it will live and die by how good Naruto is. Yeah, I I just there was something about his smile that just didn't do it for me. I felt like Luffy needed to have just a very infectious smile and it wasn't doing it for me. I had that way at first. I would say if you go back to it, there is a moment once you get to the Baratie. There's a couple moments on Syrup Village, but there's specifically a few moments in Baratie where like he, it really gels together. Like he really found the character at that point. And he's just like, and you're just like, yes, okay, now I can accept you as Luffy. Okay. It just takes a little bit to get there because, like I said, his bar is in a different spot than everyone else's. Yeah. I'll go back and finish it and give it a fair shot. Like, you've convinced me. I'll give it a go and see if <laughs> see if it grows on me because I think I want, like, I really liked the guy who played Buggy. I thought I thought Buggy was pretty good. I, I wish they had time to flesh oh. things out a little bit more, though. I wish they had time to take their time a bit. You can't see me right now, but I am grinning ear to ear because Buggy, easily the best part of the live action. Like, I don't want to throw us off schedule too much but oh my gosh i have never actually been scared of buggy until the live action right oh and like, like that's i was watching it with my kid's mom for a while and uh she was even like with the whole buggy thing she was super into that part and i was like okay cool and then she fell off like immediately after that and that was kind of why i stopped watching it but uh up until that she like even she, her as somebody who was vehemently like against watching one piece the cartoon she was hooked oh yeah and it, it just shows that one piece is becoming such more of a mainstream thing which is a weird thing to think about when it's a series that's about 25 years old at this point because i mean it was it like luffy was in the macy's day parade for thanksgiving that was a weird thing to wrap my head around when it happened and they didn't mispronounce his name it was like oh my god like it, it, when i was little like anytime any anime anything was in the public media it was always mispronounced pokemon or something like that and like when i first seen it i was expecting it to be like them like say like luffy or something stupid but they, they got it they got his name right <laughs> oh you know you know they had flashcards and they had so much coaching to make sure to that they were gonna say everything right my biggest thing that I loved about it was the way they were reading it. It was very obvious that they were reading it from a perspective of who had someone who had no idea, which is perfectly fine. I don't expect everyone to know every reference to everything ever, but they just had, mm -hmm. they just had that energy of just like, hey, well, so why are we supposed to like this? Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's made of rubber. Yep. I agree with you completely. But I thought he was a pirate. Yeah. I feel you there. I, it felt like, it felt like talking to your mom about One Piece and her trying to like repeat back to you, like what you explained to her. Yeah. It, it's, if you ever watch those videos of like someone is just like, uh, my mom tried to guess the name of Smash Brothers characters. It had that kind of energy. Yes. So if you had to have a pirate crew, what would your crew be called? See, I, as much as I want to say, oh, I'd have like the most badass pirate crew of all time. Like if I could have a pirate crew, I'd 
just kind of want to be a straw hat. I know that's kind of the lame answer, but like no one, no one who's watching One Piece is just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my own pirate crew and we're gonna be the ones to find the One Piece. It's just like, no, you're, you're sitting there. You're like, no, I will do everything in my power to get Luffy to the One Piece. Fair. Yeah, that's a good answer. I definitely agree with you there. Like, no, everybody wants to be a straw hat. Nobody wants to be on, I mean, I don't know. I kind of wouldn't mind being on, like, Whitebeard's crew or something. I, I don't need to be a protagonist. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, I need to be protag either. Like, just, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just hang out on the boat. Like, just... What's your job gonna be? I'll just be there, you know, I'll, I'll polish Zoro's weights while he's away. <laughs> <laughs> like, ideally, I'd want to be, like, Sanji sous chef. Oh, that would be such a tasty job. I'd probably get my ass beat, but that would probably be the best way. This sounds like a plan, yeah. I, I don't think I have any any skills that would translate to a pirate crew now that I think about it. <laughs> I'm all, there, there's gotta be something. Hmm. I mean... Nah, I got it. I mean, I can, I can, I can fish, but like, Usopp's got me beat there. Like, he's probably, he's already fishing. Yeah, no, I got <laughs> nothing, man. So, do you have a preference between the manga and the anime? Oh, I am 100% a manga boy. Like, I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I am not that, oh, the book was better because I'm page 75 of volume seven. Like, no, I, I just prefer the manga because I can read it at my own pace. <laughs> Parts take as long or as short as I want them to take. I'm not one of those people where it's like, oh, if you read the source material, it's more of, it's more pure to what the author wanted. I'm like, really no it's not because at the end of the day at least from a from uh from an american standpoint when i read one piece it's gone through at least one or two translators before that it had to go through shonen jumps editors and before that it probably had to go through oda's editor and then oda probably had to bounce it off a few things so even then he's just trying to make sure he gets his weekly deadlines out so the idea of oh the manga is the purest form that you can you can experience one piece in is like like you're you're not wrong but the way i see it as long as you're on that stretchy bastard's adventure <laughs> that's the main thing is just take it however you want like even the people now that want to just watch the live action i'm like that is awesome because you're still engaging with the world i'm really curious to see how on track they stick with it because i like there are small changes they've made nothing super drastic i didn't really like the uh Zoro rice ball scene nearly as much in the live action and I feel like you lose a little bit with taking out the Usopp pirates and stuff but I also understand they don't have the episodes to flesh that stuff out with yeah it'll be interesting to see how they switch things around yeah especially because they have the they have the benefit of having so much more of the series laid out now so they have a better idea of what they can and cannot cut without losing stuff yeah I, the one thing i will say though is while we're on like adding and cutting things the thing i need in the live action is i need i need my jamie lee curtis as dr Kareha. yeah yeah that that's a pretty good fan casting she is a big one piece fan chopper is her favorite character yeah i'm I'm curious to see if they'll do it because like i've seen all the all the memes i've seen in an interview with uh the tony tony chopper plushie i'm curious if she really is a fan or if she's just riding the hype train 
it is very obvious she's a fan because she doesn't lie about it like for example when her kid was getting really into fighting games she learned how to play street fighter and is like really good at street fighter now like she's straight up a cami main in the games and the thing that got me is i think it was on like some kind of red carpet thing where someone asked her what her favorite character was and the fact that she replied tony tony chopper and not just chopper says a lot because i feel someone who's a casual person who's just kind of picked it up will only know him as chopper but it's only someone who is like into it who knows that his name is tony tony chopper yeah i i, I guess you got a point there for me like i felt the that was kind of what made me feel the opposite was like I felt like she had just like read a Wikipedia article or something and was listing it off because like, I don't know, as somebody who watches One Piece, I would just probably refer to him as Chopper. No, and that's perfectly fair too. I uh, the the sincerity she talks about it and like the history of her being into stuff like that is what makes me believe it. And at the end of the day, even if she's only a fan because she saw like two episodes with Chopper in them, like that's still awesome. Definitely. The fact that someone is a fan just because they saw this adorable little reindeer and is just like, yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, this show's about celebrating fandoms. If, no matter how you get into it, everybody's got a different story for how they get into things. And I mean, I, I'm not doubting that she is a fan. I'm, I, I'm just always skeptical of things. I don't know. But everybody seems happy with the end of it. So. I'll go back and give the live action a watch and hopefully be as happy as everybody else with it. So what obstacles might somebody face getting into One Piece? I mean, do I even really need to, to, to say it? I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room when you're talking about One Piece. The fact that you can spend pretty much the better part of a decade if you wanted to just watching One Piece. It's huge. It's daunting. It is literally a lord of the rings game of thrones star wars level fantasy world that has gone on for 25 years consistently which i think is the most daunting thing because typically when you think of long-running shows like that or long-running anything there's gaps like using star wars as an example you know it was you know it had its movies in like this the 70s and 80s and then nothing until the 21st century yeah so we think of it as this giant world but the main thing it is is just a few movies that are every few years whereas one piece it started in i think it was august of 98 or 99 and it is still going like it takes like a week off now and then but it has been non-stop and it's huge and it's epic and it's amazing i seen a uh article the other day saying that oda has to get his blood pressure checked daily because of how like stressful working on one piece is i haven't read anything like that i know that um Especially after Kento Miura, the author of Berserk, suddenly passed away. People have been, it seems like people have been keeping a real eye on Oda because, I mean, you, you talk about unfinished masterpieces. You know, Mozart has an unfinished symphony. Berserk will never truly be finished. You know, Wheel of Time had to be finished by Brandon Sanderson after the original author passed. Yeah. It, Oda not completing One Piece is on that level to me. 
Like to me, something that has been built up so long, so meticulously, having that happen would just be absolutely, it would destroy so many people that are invested in this. It's that length that what makes One Piece so awesome. It's it's kind of like the, the Grand Canyon of media. It's just so huge. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Like if Oda didn't finish One Piece, like that would be heartbreaking. It's like right now for my all-time favorite anime, Hunter x Hunter, it's so up in the air whether we're going to get a real ending or not. The author even went out and released one of the four possible endings for the series just in case he's not able to finish it. And it's like, oh, it's not looking good for Hunter Hunter. Oh, I, I did not hear about that. I'm going to have to find that out. I only just started reading Hunter Hunter uh, earlier this year, which really is weird to me because Yu Yu Hakusho is one of my favorite series of all time. Oh, I love Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, such an amazing series. Everybody always talks about the Dark Tournament, but Chapter Black is so freaking dope. You want to talk about a live action I'm scared for? That that one has me terrified. Oh, man, nothing's going to do the original justice, especially like best English dub that has ever been done. Dude, I am 100% with you. Chapter Black is really underrated. Oh, I know, right? Chapter Black is such a good fucking story. So what advice would you have for somebody getting into One Piece? It's the same piece of advice that I tell everyone. You know, most of the time when people recommend a series to you, they're like, oh, you have to watch to hear so it gets good, or you have to do this to get good, or, oh, I'm not in the mood to watch it. When it comes to something like One Piece, if you think you might be interested just start. The more you think about how big it is, the more you think about how vast and complex it is, the more you're going to scare yourself. Sit down, take it piece by piece. A good chunk of the people watching it and reading it are people that have slowly pieced it together over the last 20 some years. It's not a race. Take your time. Maybe watch an arc and then stop and then maybe come back to it. Just take it however you need to take it in to give it the best chance. That's good advice. I came back to it, like, I took months to years off at points watching One Piece, and then that craving would just hit where I'm like, you know what, it's time to watch some more or read some more. There was a few arcs that I switched to the manga for, like Thriller Bark I read in the manga instead of watching it, and I ended up flipping back to the show and there's also like filler lists too. Like I originally, I was so turned off by the size of one piece and then a filler list cut that down to a more reasonable size. And I have a buddy who powered through the entire series in like a month and a half, I think. Or maybe, not quite, I think. I, I can't remember. He, he read the manga and I'm blazing pace though oh yeah you could definitely make that happen when it comes to like the length and everything though the one thing i always tell someone is well i not tell someone the one thing i always ask someone is what's your favorite show and they'll usually be something like oh it's like adventure time or the office or something like that and i'll look up how many episodes there are and then i'll ask them how many times have you rewatched that series and almost always they'll say like five times, 10 times, whatever it is. And then I'll just run a little bit of math. I'm like, well, do you have you watched the show this many times? And they're like, oh, easily. I'm like, well, guess what? That is One Piece. Or like One Piece is less time than as many times if you as you rewatched that show. And I know it's not a one-to-one -one because there's a difference between like having the comfort show you can keep putting on and taking in something new. But it at least addresses the 
the time commitment thing that people are afraid of nowadays. Yeah. Like you said, people end up rewatching the same thing over and over and over again. And they don't realize how much time they're spending doing that when they could be watching One Piece. I'm lucky enough that One Piece is that comfort show for me. So I can put the dub on in the background. I can even put the sub on in the background sometimes and still know what's going on, even just from the music and the tones and everything, that I still know what's happening, even if it's just in the background. That's awesome. Do you have a preference over the sub or the dub? So I like the sub a little bit more, and it's not because the dub is bad by any means. The cast on One Piece is stacked when even the side characters are prolific voice actors. Like, it's just insane. It's just there's something about the original sub that really hits a little harder for me with the characters. I think it's because those people have been playing those characters for so long, and I'm, I'm about to dump on another fandom I'm really into when it um but I love voice actors in the US more often than not nowadays voice actors record all of their lines individually separate from each other there is some exception but generally it's you know you come in you do your lines you come in you do your lines in Japan they still keep everyone in the same room for scenes so they're actually they're essentially acting along with the the show so they there's just that natural chemistry of they're in the room together they're actually acting together so those lines just flow that little bit nicer Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I knew the part about American ones recording mostly alone, but I didn't know they recorded all together in Japan. Yeah, I don't know 100% if that's still the norm over there or if it's 50-50 or if it's shifting, but oftentimes if you find videos of Japanese voice actors voice acting, it's a fairly large room because they expect multiple people to be performing in it. That's dope. And I say fairly large in perspective of recording booths, not like they're not in an auditorium with all the reverb and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I figured as much. Have you ever had a negative experience with another One Piece fan? I was thinking about it. Typically, the One Piece community is really good. Like, they're very uh, spoiler-free. They really try to not ruin things for other people, which I appreciate. There's always those people that I think there is, for lack of a better term, they think because they've watched One Piece or read it, they're better than other people because they've they've tackled One Piece. You have, like, the anime onlys, and then you have the manga readers, and then you have the people that have done both. And there's just this weird hierarchy. It's just like, we're all just trying to have fun here. But I actually do remember an instance years ago where I saw someone get, I was at an anime convention and I watched this person get mad enough at a vendor to actually spoil a major plot point for them, like intentionally to ruin one piece for them and to ruin like their experience with it because i forget what it was i was at the booth next to it i don't know if they were arguing over something about one piece or like intentionally trying to ruin their experience with the series just because they were being mad and petty and that's about the only thing that i've seen that was like outright bad <laughs> it sucks when people gotta spoil things for other people i had such a bad spoiler experience with another star wars fan over super smash bros of all things somebody when the force awakens released on the level where you were able to write things and they appear in the background the me verse or whatever uh somebody wrote that han solo died oh, yeah. 
And I was going to see Star Wars the next day. I was supposed to have already seen it, but my daughter was, her uh, due date was uh, the same day that the movie came out. And I was like, oh, no. oh, I should sell my tickets. And her mom was like, no, keep your tickets. Like the baby's not coming that day. I'm like, well, I can't go see Star Wars in case you pop. So I'm selling the tickets. And then the baby didn't end up coming till Christmas, but... It was like the day after we came home with the baby and playing Smash Bros with my buddy and we're planning to go see Star Wars the next day and then got that spoiled for me. Oof, that's that's rough. So uh, we're going to get into a bit more spoilers in this next little chunk. My first question for you here is, what exactly is hockey? Hockey, besides a sport that Canadians really, really like, is a <laughs> is basically your your magical force of will. So to really connect to to the youngins who may be listening, it is the uh, Giga Chad energy of the One Piece universe. The more Chad and swole and hype you are, the more power you can exert on the world around you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like broken down into three different categories. Yeah, it's the armament, uh, observation, and conquerors. Yeah. So it's basically you can you can harden your arms and your legs or your weapons. Observation is basically like spidey sense. And then conquerors is like the, the supreme one where like just by being in, if someone is in your presence and you use conquerors hockey and they don't have strong enough will then they can just pass out so do you think hockey was always intended to be part of the series or do you think it was just something he pulled out of his ass after the time skip because i've seen people argue both sides of it it, it was 100 percent there the entire time there there's people who want to sit there and be like oh there's no way it's just like no it it really is you just look back on it bare minimum we know it's been there since at least Skypea, but there's evidence of it even before then. I think there's evidence of it in uh, Logetown with Smoker, specifically when... Oh, wait, we're in the spoiler section now. I can say what I want. Especially when, like, he gets stopped by, like, um, Dragon and some other... Because uh, Dragon's there, and I believe he, like, messes with them. And you can go even further back that there's there's evidence of it, like, all the way back episode one chapter one um with shanks and the sea king oh yeah yeah i guess he uses like conquerors hockey on the sea king yeah because one of the things of conquerors hockey is essentially control over beasts like gaining the respect of beasts and the first thing we see shanks do is look at literally a leviathan and it runs away scared of him and then you get to stuff later on and we find out that shanks is like god tier hockey level to the point where he's able to be on a boat like offshore and snipe people with his hockey on land that's like unheard of it, it makes it feel a little bit silly that he lost his arm to the creature when put it into that lens but I do know that the reason he did end up losing his arm there was an editorial decision. Yeah, there's a few different ways you can kind of look at it too, though. I'm not saying hockey was fully developed at that time. It may not have been till later that he like really fleshed out what he wanted it to be. But the seeds of it were always there. He knew, it feels like he knew he wanted it to be a thing. As far as Shanks losing his arm, yes, that is one of like the biggest contentions. But I truly... I guess when I kind of look back at that moment, 
because in that moment you really have to look at you know just how little time he had to try to get between luffy and the sea king sure you know maybe it's just not the way it was drawn that makes it seem like it or maybe the for the anime watchers how the way it was animated but i think it just kind of comes down to hockey is a conscious choice it's not something that you just like radiate 100%. Even the people that can do it flawlessly, they have to have at least some level of thought put into it. It's kind of like in Dragon Ball Z when Goku and Gohan go into the hyperbolic time chamber and when they come out, they can stay in their Super Saiyan form. It's not that that's their new default form. They just made thinking about it so easy that it's become like breathing to them. So in that moment of Luffy being in danger and Shanks you know, being desperate for this little kid, it's perfectly reasonable that his hockey wasn't at full strength at that time. He wasn't prepared for it. And it just kind of happened. And then the moment he knew Luffy was safe, he's just like, all right, let's destroy some stuff now. Yeah, that makes sense. What is your all-time favorite moment in the series? This is another pick your favorite child question again. <laughs> um, I have several that I can think of. When they first... Uh, get on the geyser to Skypea. This is specifically an anime one because they play the opening, the original opening when it's happening. So it, it's that perfect moment of, of hype. But my ultimate favorite moment in all of One Piece is during Water 7, Ein's Lobby, the moment when Robin just screams, I want to live. Like it's guttural in both the sub and the dub it comes from such a real place it means so much it's so built up and when that happens and luffy's reaction is just like all right that's all i needed time to tear this place down yeah and that's like i think that's the moment where i started kind of turning around and liking Usopp a bit more as well in that arc and i Oh, everything about that arc is so good. Yes, it's to this day, I still think it's probably the best One Piece has ever been on paper. Not to take away from Wano or any of the other later stuff and saying that it's bad. It's just, there's just something about those two arcs that create something really magical. It's really peak One Piece for what it is. Actually, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about Luffy in the live action. I think it's because Luffy in the live action doesn't have that energy. Like, he's still good and kind-hearted, and he's powerful, and he's, you know, a little chaotic and cheeky, but OG Luffy, he is, he is literally, I am point A to point B. You just say the word, and I will fight for you, but you have to be the one to say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how, if they make it to, like, Wano and stuff, how they'll do all that in the live action, because... It's going to get pretty wild. Yeah, they, they got to up that CG budget real quick. Which ship is your favorite, the Mary or the Sunny? Oh, I, you're, you're talking to a man who still cries over the, the, the going Mary way more regularly than he should. I was so rattled when they when they get, had to give up the Sunny. Like, I, I thought there was going to be some bullshit reason that they ended up being able to save like, I thought something was going to happen. I wasn't expecting the ship to die. No, I, I wanted a bullshit reason. 
I wanted it to be like, you know what? S- screw narrative. Just like, just, just make it work. But the fact that it came to its natural conclusion and you just had to sit on it. And that is one of the other things that I tell people constantly. I'm like, have you ever cried over a boat before? And almost always they're like, no. I'm like, then you have not truly lived. Watch One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good selling point. Do you have any theories about how the series is going to conclude? Okay, now we're getting into it. I got to put my hat on backwards for this one. <clears throat> There's a lot of different ways I see this ending. The way that I think it's going to end and the way I want it to end is I want Luffy to find the One Piece smile for a moment be like found it and then leave the most luffy move possible to me would be finding it splitting it in two and then saying now it's the two piece luffy's never been about treasure so him going after the giant treasure never made sense but when you look at the fact that he's all about the journey all he's gonna want to do is find the next journey after that and he's not gonna want to take that journey away from anyone else yeah i I like that idea do you put any credence into the idea that Luffy, the series is going to end with Luffy dying? I completely think so. Uh, one, because we know anyone with the middle initial D always meets a, a terrible fate. I mean, you look at you look at Blackbeard, Marshall D. Teach, you know he's going to die. You look at his dad, Monkey D. Dragon. He, while still alive, he's a revolutionary. He's probably going to die a pretty insane way against the military. Are you caught up in the manga? I am. Okay, look at Garp. You think Garp's dead? I mean, Garp was taken down by one of his protégés. You know, you look at uh, you look at Ace. Yeah, Ace is pretty dead. I know it could be a fake-out death, but, I mean, the only person we've seen take... But you look at Garp, and, like, the only person we've seen, like, take that level of, like, beating and not be, like, a, a Logia user and still survive to an extent is Whitebeard. And I'm sorry, but Garp is not on a Whitebeard level. I think Garp is way too past his prime to be on where Whitebeard was. And Whitebeard had too much on the line for his final fight. But going back to the middle initial D, like you look at Law, like he has the fruit where if he gives up his life, someone becomes immortal. Oda is not going to just like put that on the table and leave it. That would be absolutely insane just to be like hey i'm just gonna leave that here you guys do with that what you wish i'm gonna i'm gonna go run some errands yeah yeah i'm really curious about how the immortality surgery is gonna play in and part of me thinks that it has to but then another part of me is like but or did it play its role as a MacGuffin already i don't know um i'm curious to see how and if it'll be used yeah but even if he doesn't use it it's still a driving force. It's still something that is referenced. Don't get me wrong. I feel he's going to use it or he's going to find a way to subvert our expectations with the surgery. But at the end of the day, it is still something that's out there. And then we found out about uh, Alabasta's queen. Turns out she had the middle initiality back when the, the kingdoms came together and set up the throne. And we know that because it said when Luffy goes second gear, He shortens his lifespan slightly because he's making his heart pump faster. Mm -hmm. He shortened his life from Ivan Kov's hormones. The dude has almost died a lot. Oh yeah, he's he's got death flags out the wazoo. And the worst thing is with him, both him almost dying is really believable because he just throws himself into everything. But it's also 
believable when he lives because of how resilient he is. So you believe every near death, but you also believe every recovery. With the introduction of the sun god Nika fruit and his fruit being imagination and not rubber, I'm a little weary that all these, like the second gear stuff isn't going to end up being consequential, but I'm I'm hoping he doesn't pull like My Hero Academia and just remove all the stakes from the powers. No, I totally get that. I think the I think the main thing that needs to be remembered about it though is he was using those powers before he realized what he was. Mm-hmm. So they were probably not perfect. He was probably doing things that he wasn't really ready to do with where he was at with his powers. And even now, when he does go fifth gear, it does, still does a huge drain on his body. He's pushing himself to the absolute limit literally every other page. Yeah, definitely. So we talked your favorite arc with Annie's Lobby. What would your least favorite arc be? Uh, as far as least favorite goes, hmm. So... I know the two that everyone always want to say that is their least favorite is either Thriller Bark or Fishman Island. But I personally like those. That being said, I would probably have to say Thriller Bark. Just kind of going over it in my head. Oh no, actually, no, my least favorite has to be um, Long Ring Long Land uh, when we get the Foxy Pirates. Agreed. At least Thriller Bark has the Luffy shoving the zombie back into the ground, which is probably the hardest I've laughed at any gag in anything. It is the dumbest gag in existence, but just, it's so perfect. It's so on the nose. It, like, you you could write entire literary theses on why that joke works on so many levels, both in context of One Piece and out of context of One Piece. So how do you feel about Oda's fake-out deaths? As someone who's watched anime their, pretty much their entire life and has read comic books, I'm, I'm kind of numb to fake-out deaths. They just kind of come with the territory. It's more to me a matter of how well they're done. Because at the end of the day, how do you make a villain seem powerful? You have them almost kill someone, or you have them actually kill someone. Or you could be like Araki, the writer of JoJo's, and uh, just have the, the villain literally kill a dog in like the first chapter. You know, there, there there's a spectrum of how you do things. Dio Brando. Yes. Oh, uh, just... Mm. Anyway, I, I could go on for JoJo's jo- almost as long as I could go on about One Piece. Um, We're gonna have to talk JoJo sometime then, because I have some unique opinions on the series. <laughs> Yes, very good, very good. Uh, but as far as the fake-out deaths go, they don't bother me as much because I think Oda handles them decently well. Not saying there aren't some bad ones, but because One Piece is a fantasy world where he's already established that there's basically gods among men walking around, like, it's believable to me. You know, you, you think about the series running for over a thousand episodes, you're like, okay, I know this isn't it, but, you know, if you were watching it week to week at the time and didn't know, like, it's, you know, when you don't know how far it's gonna go, you're not... Not the person who's going to be like, oh, well, there's still 10 episodes left. This can't be it. But then again, things like JoJo's exist, where they, they kill the main character in the first three episodes. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. The only one that really bothered me, I think, was Pal. Oh, oh yeah, I can see it. Well, when I think of fake-out deaths, I think all of the bad ones happened in Alabasta. Because you have the fake-out death for Pell. You have the fake-out death for, uh, what what's his name? The dude who looks like a judge. He has the gun hair. He was undercover with Vivi. He's like her butler or something like that. And there's also the fake-out death for Mr. Three. Just conveniently get cough, getting coughed up by the crocodile. Took me a second to find it, but I found it. Igaram? Yep, Igaram. Yeah, apparently Alabaster is just the arc of the fake-out death. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that, but, like, the one, the only one that I was able to think of off the cuff was, uh, Pell for me. That's the only one that really stands out as it, that it bothered me. I felt like Vivi's arc and everything was better with Pell not surviving. I would agree with you on that. In a series this long running, some plans had to have changed. Are there any plot holes or retcons you've noticed in the series that are noticeable? None that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, even if it is a plot hole, it doesn't it doesn't stand out incredibly overtly as one. There's little ones, you know, kind of like with, you know, Shanks uh, offering his arm in the first chapter. Some people would argue how in Alabasta, no one in Baroque Works knew that Vivi was in there, even though they all should know what the princess looks like. Never thought about that. You know, little things like that, but that's all more so suspension of disbelief stuff rather than actual bad writing or messed up plot stuff. There's nothing really super egregious that I've really noticed, or at least that was bad enough for me to go, okay, no. Yeah, there's nothing, I can't think of anything in the series that has made me really be like, yeah, no, this is a, this is a total slap in the face of something they've established prior. Like I said, most of it is just suspension of disbelief stuff, stuff that you can chalk up to the rule of cool. How do you feel about the revelation that the gum gum fruit is actually the sun god Nika fruit? I think it makes perfect sense. It explains why Shanks had it. I mean, Shanks is already one of the strongest people on the seas. There's no reason for him to have quested literally all the way out to the East Blue just for that. It fits Luffy thematically. Everything he has done fits within that, that power scheme really well. He's literally the the god of freedom, and all Luffy wants to be is free. Luffy is so dedicated to being free and unbound, he never wears pants with actual legs and clothes with sleeves outside of, like, a winter jacket. And even then, that's debatable. This is a man who's all about doing whatever he wants, so giving him literally the ability to do that with all the, the childlike innocence and wonder and grandiosity of an old school Looney Tunes character, that is peak symbolism that most professors could only dream of getting the chance to analyze in a classroom. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm still on the fence on how I feel about the whole thing. I just, I think it's more or less that I'm just not super vibing on the transformation scene from the uh, anime. I feel like it was, I don't know, it, it, it went on for a like the laughing and the hype up to before the fight went on a little bit too long for me. I was like, okay, okay, get to it, One Piece. I know, I know the anime is bad for pacing in that sense, so it's something that's probably would be better if the series ever gets like some kind of Dragon Ball Z Kai treatment. But <laughs> future Brody here, so. 
it was announced a few days ago while I've been editing this that One Piece will indeed be getting a reanimated series without all the filler. And it will be done by Wit Studio, who did my favorite anime, Vinland Saga. I don't know. I, I I think maybe if I experienced it through the manga first, I'd, I'd be more keen on it. Yeah, it's still a little ways to go, and I don't typically recommend it just because I still think watching the original is the best. But if you've ever heard of One Pace, it's a fan project that looks to kind of cut down the fat from the series. And so they can basically cut like two or three episodes. They remove like the unnecessary flashbacks and the unnecessary reactions and can can get about two to three episodes in the span of a little over one episode. And for some of those arcs where it does get a little weird on pacing, it is a very nice kind of supplement to have. But it's a little weird because I think the people who started it started in like college and so you can tell the difference in their editing from like the earlier episodes to the newer stuff as they've gotten like a team together and learned how to edit that they're actually going back and redoing the old ones with the knowledge they have now they're decently caught up to the series right now too but i wouldn't recommend them at least like pre-time skip like post-time skip it's nice to have but so to wrap things up here why do you think One Piece means so much to you? Well, I think it's because it, I, I think it ultimately just comes down to the fact that who doesn't want to be Luffy? Be unapologetically themselves, have a clear goal in mind, not having to aimlessly wander. But if you do have to aimlessly wander, in, enjoy it on the way. Be surrounded with a group of friends that you trust as if they're your family wacky adventures the likes of which have you know until it came out had never really been seen before and will never be seen again in the same capacity it's a beautiful once in a lifetime thing that everyone on planet earth here now has the chance to experience if they just give it a chance do you think there's ever going to be a series that runs as long and as consistently as One Piece? I'm sure there will be at some point, but it's going to take a while to get there because it has to loop back around. Because if you look at stuff that people typically watched, they wanted things to run on for a long time because they could like get the commercials on TV. It's something people could count on. I mean, you look at shows like The Simpsons. Even like the soap operas, like Days of Our Lives, All My Children, you know, things that have run on for years and years and years because they just have that dedicated fan base. One Piece was just one of the first ones to like keep its consistency throughout. But I don't think people want long series as much anymore. People want limited series. People want something that they can sit down and watch a whole season in an afternoon. I mean, you look at how anime releases now, it typically... A show gets 12 to 13 episodes and about 50 of them drop at the same time. It's the way things are going. So until people start getting that urge for something that's long lasting and expansive and just kind of has that grandiosity to it again, it's going to be a while. I wish there was more long running series like that that stay good. Like I feel like Naruto had to end because it got bad, and then they didn't let it end. And then all the things I grew up with just either been dragged through the mud and keep going like Dragon Ball, or let me down like Naruto and Bleach. But like One Piece, One Piece is the one thing that like, it's long, 
and it's consistently good. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, people always point at Thriller Bark being the bottom of the series, but it's still not bad. Like you said, it has the zombie moment, which is considered one of the peak gags in One Piece. So when your worst arc is, depending on who you ask, somewhere between a, a C and a B minus, you're doing pretty dang good. Definitely. I know people who would kill for those grades. Well, Zach, thanks a lot for coming on. I've had a lot of fun getting to talk about One Piece with you. Can you let my listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, so they can find me on TriAttackZach. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitch. You know, all the standard places on YouTube. Still working on getting YouTube stuff set up a little bit more. I want to start doing uh, more kind of like video essays and scripted stuff rather than just Let's Play clips. So that's something... I want to do. I'm working on a breakdown of the live action One Piece, comparing it to the anime. But as far as Twitch goes, like I said, try tag Zach, play a lot of Pokemon, play a lot of anime games like Genshin Impact. Uh, we play like One Piece Pirate Warriors. Uh, I also host a game show called Nerd Check, where I have streamers go head to head for fame, glory, and gifted subs. The winner gets a certified nerd card, so no one can question their nerd cred ever again. <laughs> and just kind of an all-around community focused on uh, celebrating nerdiness, all the stuff I love, learning what other people love. Essentially essentially kind of what uh, you do here, but in stream form. Awesome. Definitely excited to check it out then. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. I hope everybody takes some time to go check out your channel. And I can testify that he is pretty fun to watch on the stream. He's an entertaining guy. Uh, thank you. Yes, and thank you so much for having me on. His name's Zolo. He's just like a samurai and a L-A-D-Y. Nami's not shy. Usopp's doing that marksman thing. Sanji's cooking. Chopper's doctoring. Thanks for tuning in. Do you know somebody who might want to be a guest? Maybe it's you. If so, email us at pod.fandoms at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also join us on Discord where you can suggest questions for upcoming episodes, see my wish list for topics I want to do, apply to be a guest, give ideas or feedback, or just shoot the shit. Links in the description. We hope to see you there.